0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Jackie Cauley. Dr. Cauley is the Chief Medical Officer of Ambulatory, and she's also the Vice President of Population Health at the Baker Health System. Baker Health System is this magnificent mix of being a great safety net hospital and a great, great elite health system as well, and not easy to, to hit those two categories and do it so well. Thrilled to get a chance to talk to Jackie today, Dr. Cauley, about the role that she has, about what could be done to improve the U.S. health system, and what advice she would give to other leaders. Dr. Cauley, you take a moment to introduce yourself.
1: Sure, hi. As you mentioned, I'm the Vice President of Population Health and um, Chief Medical Officer for Ambulatory Care. So I'm basically overseeing everything outside of our medical group and outside of our hospital walls. Uh, and I am originally uh, spent the last twenty five years or so in Maine prior to coming down to Florida, and I'm a family position by background.
0: Is it hard to enjoy the Florida weather after being in the cold of Maine during the winter? Or are you getting comfortable?
1: With it? <laughs> I am totally enjoying it and don't feel bad at all. Um, it's kind of fun at times to talk to uh, family members that are still back up north where it is like minus six degrees or in the middle of a snowstorm. And I let them know that I just had a nice two mile walk outside.
0: Isn't that fantastic? And talk about talk about the role of Vice President of Population, Population Health. When I was growing up, there was no such thing as a role of, of chief of population health, vice president of population health. It just wasn't mm-hmm. even a thing. And, and now today, you know, we've moved into this world where there's the chief of population health, chief transformational officer, chief experience officer, all these things that are really intended to redo how we do health care. And, and take a moment and talk about the evolution of your role in vice president of population health mm-hmm. and, and how you approach that job. And one of the big priorities is is Chief of Population Health, the Vice President of Population Health.
1: Sure. Uh, the the big thing really is focusing on how to build the capacity and the capabilities to be successful in managing large populations of patients for which we um, take risk for, you know, that are covered lives, And it's really about moving away from the fee-for-service system into a value-based payment type of arrangement, where you're starting to take on more and more um, financial risk to improve the health and outcomes for populations of individuals. And so my my focus is really on how do we have you know, access to care, the network of providers and facilities that we need for patients, it's really making sure that we identify who are those highest risk individuals and applying things like care management and reaching out to them, making sure that we can offer them things like remote patient monitoring so that we have a, a way for us, ourselves to connect with patients and identify when things are starting to go poorly for them. Be able to correct it quickly and keep them from having to go to the emergency department or even be hospitalized.
0: Dr. Cowley, take a moment. You spent a long part of your career at the Maine Medical Center, and, and now you're at the BayCare system in Florida, a great system. What was the driver to make that transition to take this role in Florida with this great system, BayCare, at, in population of the medical chief medical officer? What was the impact you wanted to make? Which role of you to do? that?
1: So the reason I was really attracted um, to BayCare Health System was that it was very, very rich in a lot of different resources that could help to benefit the community in improving the, its health and, and, its, and its wellness, right? Um, and so these resources are really scattered quite a, a bit across the, the geographic footprint and across different silos of the organization. So one of the things that really drew me was the fact that there was such an appetite to really focus on improving what we could do for populations to make the health And the community much better, and that there were these resources, and what they really needed was someone to help. Come in and um, see what they had, and pull those things together, coordinate them, get people together, um, clinically integrate things across the care continuum and across some of these different silos that were present. Um, because there was tons, a, a lot of really great work that was going on. It was just it was in different bits and pieces across the organization. So what drew me was the opportunity to to really um, help them to build out the population health capabilities of the organization and get them to be even more ready for Um, For uh, value-based care. And I would say the other thing that really drew me, besides the value of the organization, it's an incredible organization, really. Um, The other thing that really drew me was the leadership, being very invested in looking at healthcare transformation and innovation and moving towards the future and looking to really invest in that. So I've had the opportunity over the last almost two years now to really develop and build some things that... Um, that are new and creative and innovative and have already shown to to bring benefit to the organization. You know, not just myself, but there's several of us here that have been focused in this area and it's um, just very rewarding. It's a great organization.
0: So you're loving your career, this mix of family practice and leadership and now really in leadership. Talk about what advice you'd give to people, leaders or people trying to have impactful careers what would you advise somebody in terms of developing a great career?
1: So I think, you know, as a leader, it's really important to be authentic, be yourself, you know, speak your voice, um, and and let people see who you are as an individual and a person, um, you know, and, and as a leader. Um, I think listening and being present with the people that you're leading is really important, and ensuring inclusivity. You know, nobody wants to be left out. Of decision-making processes or in thinking about designing you know the way that they're going to work in the future and the folks that are on the front lines I mean they know the work better than anyone else so it's really important to be inclusive and really understanding and you know what is your vision being able to clearly articulate that and sharing the why with people you know why are we doing this why is it important why is it relevant to you um, why is it relevant to the the care of our patients and community? So I think those are some of the things that have certainly helped me as a leader.
0: And when you look at the U.S. healthcare system, there, there's such greatness in it, so many great providers, clinicians, leaders, physicians, people that work behind the scenes to make it great, and there's so many challenges, and there's inequity still. What can be done? What are a couple of your thoughts on how you can improve the U.S. healthcare system?
1: Well, Scott, I've been thinking about this for a couple of decades now. It's really funny, you know, everything that I've been doing for the last 20 years or so has really been trying to help transform the the healthcare system wherever I could, and and to help to um, lead and organize physicians to help that transformation as well. And I think that, you know, um, in, in looking at US healthcare, there is so much greatness about it. And I think that we in healthcare are best poised to um, help really do that transformational work. It's not easy work, but I think we're the ones that are right to do it. And it's about being disruptive to ourselves, really thinking big and not being afraid to disrupt some of the things that we've had in place for a really long time under our, our model of fee for service care. Um, So not being afraid to to disrupt that, Um, really moving away from that whole volume mentality to a value mentality, and I think embracing virtual care and the other digital technologies that are out there. Um, You know, we've really seen an acceleration of that since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. It's been one of the real positive things that have come out of that. But it really does allow us to provide a much greater level of access to care uh, for people, and also allows us to engage and connect with them in different ways than we ever have before. I think that, and, and again, thinking about um, not just the individual when they're ill, but really having that um, more holistic viewpoint of how to improve the health and wellness of the community through prevention and screenings and you know, appropriate access to care, um, and thinking about it from a population standpoint versus just the individual in front of you.
0: And and such an interesting, so, so, such, it really has to be both, though, doesn't it? You can think about it from about population, but then actually need to take care of the individual patient, too. So you have to think big and think small, don't you? I mean, you have to do both.
1: You do. You do. It's, you know, it's population health one person at a time. And and what I mean by that is that you're really learning about your population and what the needs might be. And it allows you to really see where you need to um, apply certain interventions because an intervention for a healthy 18 or 24 year old might be very, very different than the types of things that and support that someone needs that um, is in their, you know, middle-age area, they might be, uh, they might have multiple chronic conditions like diabetes or high blood pressure. Their needs are going to be different than, again, from an 85-year-old who, you know, has difficulty, um, you know, getting around the house. It might just need a little bit of extra support in transportation or being able to access healthy meals or, um, you know, even be able to, to afford their medications. So it's designing things at that population level and understanding um, you know, where best to apply resources and different things to impact individuals, but then caring about the person individualizing the care or personalizing that care to each of the individual people that are, you know, walking into our doors or interacting with us in, in lots of different ways.
0: No, no, no doubt. Just a fascinating perspective. Uh, Dr. Colley. I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, Just great work, great career, and thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Just a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.